Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 213 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host this evening, Alan Stroud, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder for this episode are... He's in charge of health and safety, and <laughs> Who we, the hell always, the keys? we always feel he's very safe and that we're very safe when he's around. It's Ben Moss Woodward. Yeah, I still don't know who gave you the keys and let you in. I, I, I thought I, I thought you know, I thought we locked them and changed the locks. But all right. I, yeah, it's it's probably not a good idea that they did. To be fair, I'm I'm you know uh, an idiot in charge of a joystick. It's not mm. fun. Um, well, not fun for anybody else. Anyway, uh, joining Ben this evening, uh, we have the Lavian Space Program Director Andy Barnes, Commander Kogel. Hey, good evening, Alan. Hi. Uh, and also joining us this evening, we have our Director of Inhuman Resources, Commander Shan. Hi, Shan. Hello. And also on the show, uh, operating in the background because he's sinister and uh, rocking out to some serious tunes, I think, this evening, aren't you? Uh, it's Commander Psychic Kyle Grant. <laughs> rocking out, yeah, it was awesome. Some good news. Good evening, everybody. So, what have we been up to this week? Ben, what have you been doing? I've been at this little thing called EGX, talking to lots and lots of people, um, speaking lots, interviewing lots, recording lots, sleeping a little, um, and getting concrud. Getting? Concrud. Oh, concrud. Oh, of course. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Stay doesn't away from happen? me. Doesn't that happen? I mean, I, you know. Yeah. I, Every time you go to a convention, you come out and you come back with some sort of crappy, crappy, fluey gold. To yeah, be honest, right. I went into it with a crappy, crappy, fluey cold from last week. Uh, I mean, it seems to have like mutated inside of me and it's gone from my nose into, hey, you know what? We're going to give you green chunks coming out of your lungs now and you don't want to breathe, do you? Too much nice. information, health and safety officer. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we are all at a safe distance from Ben's <laughs> ship. Uh, uh, just make sure you've got those surgical gloves on. You'll be fine. Quarantine, quarantine, quarantine. And do not breathe the air in the sidewinder. <laughs> Andy, I'm in my lock. I, I, uh, well, that's, that's, that's a good plan. But then again, you, <laughs> you'll be breathing your own air and feces for about the next hour, which would be lovely. Um, I still think that might be preferable. But <laughs> uh, how's my week been? Yeah. I... I'm busy because my uni started up again, so Ooh. I have been getting stuck into the beginning of my second year of my degree Ooh. and realising just how much more work it was than the first year of my degree. Yeah. Um, yeah, second and third year, I'm afraid that's where you earn your. That's where you earn. Yeah, your I actually have to do some work now, so um, <laughs> I've been quite busy digesting about as much info as I was in six months in about two weeks. Uh, um, and that's actually surprisingly been quite a lot of fun because it's getting quite technical now and that's really yeah. the whole point of me doing the degree um, but that means my game time's been a little bit subdued so I've only been doing the odd mission here and there in Lave really um, and I guess I guess as well it, it, it sort of makes you start to think about um, uh, think about why you were doing it because you know you start to get the 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 cool stuff the interesting stuff and you know when you start to think oh well actually if i put that with that i can do that you know that kind of thing 
Yeah, totally. And ma just making connections between stuff the modules make yeah. you learn that maybe I would have ignored because it wasn't my main focus of interest or whatever. Um, it's definitely a lot broader than I would read on a subject, which is really quite cool for me. It pushing yeah. me definitely. Cool. Good. Okay. Shan, what have you been up to? Um, in game, I've been getting my uh, credit back up to replace all the money I spent carting modules off to the Gnosis. Um, so I've been doing some bounty hunting, a bit of trading uh, for a while. Outside of game, it's been work, but uh, today we picked up our youngest son's new new and first car. So that's Ooh. He's been... Um, <clears throat> he's, he's coming back at the weekend to uh, to drive it for the first time if he drives the keys out of our hand. Um, <laughs> Is it a orbital shuttle or a Viper? No, it's actually quite good because he's because he's uh, he's earning his own money now, so he can afford to um, buy these sort of things. But yeah, it's a one-year-old um, CIB with all the gadgets and toys, and it, it looks like someone's raided PC World and stuffed it in the car. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Okay, so yeah, and he's not he's not back for another few days then to 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 be on be in it as it were. Well, the thing is, he's. Um, He's in his phase two training to go in the household cavalry. Um, ah. So he only gets to use it on weekends when he comes back. Um, but then he has to take it. Then he wants to take it on base, which is which is quite interesting because you speak to the insurance company and the yeah. insurance goes up if it's on an army base or oh, wow. where I live. Okay. And he says, he says, well, that's silly. He says, because it's, it's in a locked compound surrounded yeah. by armed guards with <laughs> machine guns <laughs> at the army base. And it's just on your driveway. You know, it's it's like how is that safer? But I I assume they're they're more worried about a missile attack of some kind. I've, I've no idea. That sounds very ridiculous. No, you're quite right. But you're making I'm assuming you're making like Ferris Bueller's uh, valet parking people uh, whilst um whilst he's away, right? Well, no, because you've got to have a stupid black box fitted to it to get the insurance down from oh, right. five thousand okay. pounds to one thousand three hundred pounds. So uh, so it's. Black boxes are great if you've got kids that recommend them when they're first driving because it makes yeah. them behave. Yeah. But by gosh, is it annoying when you drive the car. <laughs> yeah, no thrashing it for you, right? You know, no boy racer days. Oh, well. Uh, it, to be fair, see at Ibiza, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure it's, you know, probably... Well, maybe, you know, you, you, you probably get some decent... Um, acceleration out of it but maybe not as much as uh <laughs> no no nothing nothing like my car but no it's it's quite impressed with it because it's 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 based on a polo so it uses yeah. a lot of oh, yeah. year's new polo bits because it'll be w so yeah 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 it's yeah we're, we're quite pleased with it and it's got as i say it's got all the gadgets and even the stuff i didn't think of i think i, oh. I would need in the car but once you got it you think oh that's clever yeah yeah no fair enough what, Ron, kind of what have you been Oh, oh, what? Well, okay, we're going to talk about more cars. I want to hear about what gadgety things he's got in this thing that he's not okay. never thought about. Fluffy dice, right? Um, well, it, it reads the road signs and tells, ah, you, okay. and tells you what the road signs are, and it it monitors how you drive, and if it thinks you're going to sleep, it will <laughs> beep at you and tell you you're going to go to sleep and and whatnot. Um, we need that in trucks, don't we? I, I, like, I could do with that. That's and, awesome. And then it's got one. So they, oh yeah, auto auto dipping headlights. Um, oh, that's cool. Well, it, it is. But I tried it out tonight, and it was it wasn't dipping them in 
Oh, in, a, in short enough distance, what I would, because usually as soon as I see another car, I'd hit the lights instinctively. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But this, like, but, but this was like waiting, waiting until it was the equivalent of jumping into a blue star okay. <laughs> before it would dip them. So I, I think so, it's more so, there to, um, to do it in case you forget than rely yeah, on it. It was in arsehole mode, right? <laughs> yeah, it was in BMW mode. You know. <laughs> Grant, Sorry, BMW drivers. Grant, what have you been up to? Well, actually, I've had a, a, a bit of <clears throat> technical success today uh, and yesterday. Oh, um, okay. Which has just been a, a sort of long attempted plan to try and do things with collecting videos on a RTMP server to... Free them up so that when we're doing the likes of LaveCon, you can stream from one room and then feed it around the entire local network. And um, obviously tonight we are doing the exact same thing. We've got a feed coming from Ben, which we can jump to. We've got a feed coming in live from Kurgle, which we can jump to. And of course my own machine as well. But th those are all fine, but you can't... As a, a listener, or a, a more likely a viewer, because it's, it's more to mm -hmm. do with visuals... As a, as a sort of viewer, you can't um, choose which one to watch because you're getting basically a direction from me. But now you can. All you got to do is go to laveradio.com and you'll see that in the menu you have a Twitch and there's a drop-down. And in that drop-down oh. is a streamers page. And if you click on that, you'll be able to see who is currently streaming and you'll be able to choose which one to watch. Now, um, they may not have any audio, because obviously the expectations are that you'd be listening to the radio stream and it'll get a bit messy if you start getting audio all delayed and things. So we won't maybe have game sounds going to there, but not um, the radio show. So you'll need, still need to keep your radio show open, uh, but you'll be able to jump and watch. So if someone's doing something particularly of interest to you and you don't want to put up with the director's cut, then you can uh, quite happily go and watch them directly um, and it should automatically show them and they should disappear once they're done as well and keep it tidy. Cool. That sounds awesome. And it was a ton of um, frustrating work today. We got to a point where we wanted to keep it tidy. It could show you all the feeds and then they'd go live when they go live but it kind of meant you had all these black boxes of error messages saying, you know, stream's not there, stream's not there. Um trying to get code written that didn't try to analyze the video streams to see if they were there was a pain in the arse that was the big sticking point it was no matter what we tried we couldn't get something consistent to do that for us uh, and then we just kind of rethought the code and actually found our own way so we got it beat. it is it is always the way that you know you kind of hammer at something and then you you know and then you take five minutes away from it and think about it and come back to it and you go oh yeah actually i could and then it works doesn't it well yeah i mean it, the, the the code is quite tidy actually and we're we're obviously trying to work in the point of if we get new people mm. who want to demonstrate or guests coming on to make it easier mm -hmm. and easier for everyone to be able to share this again for hutton and then um in the likes of one of the, the applications that i think it would work really well with is the likes of hunter games where they oh, have yeah. multiple pilots flying and they tend to use twitch feeds which could obviously mm -hmm. be a significant delay when you're capturing a Twitch feed to send to a Twitch feed. You end up with Twitch feed delay squared. And um, <laughs> although that does have some benefits because it means you can catch the action long after it's happened. But 
it doesn't give you that dynamic ability to hear someone going, oh crap, flick to their ship and catch it as mm. it happens. Um, so there is a slight delay, but it's it's nothing terribly significant, which is great. Uh, and if you guys that are watching tonight want to go to laveradio.com forward slash streamers, it will show you that page and you can let me know what you think, what your playback's like. Um, and obviously if you're watching the mainstream, you're going to see my director's cut as I can jump between myself, Kurgle, who's doing some kind of strange things, and Ben, who's currently trying to impreg uh, impregnate Mindwipe through his nostrils. It looks like. Is that what you're doing, Ben? I'll say yes. Ooh, okay. that's good. I'm sure Phil work. doesn't mind. Um, so no. I've, I've got a feature request for this already, Grant, actually. Yeah? Can we see how many people are listening to each or watching each stream, or is it just a case of press the play button? So uh, you can be watching all or none of them. I've got a stats page, but I don't know what it gives me. <laughs> that could be fun as well. So you know, just yeah. so you can say, "Ha ha!" I had more people. Than I was gonna, I was gonna say, you're, 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 you're a competitive little stuff. Oh. <laughs> totally. Is. Oh no, wait! It totally is. Isn't yeah, it? it is now. It is now. The well, you know, factor. After two minutes ago, it wasn't, and two minutes later, it was. It sounds like an essential feature. I shall put it on the roadmap. Uh, it's in my next ten-year plan. Going forward, yeah. um, <laughs> you can. You, there'll be all these. There'll be all these things where basically you guys will be having these different streams going on, and then it's oh, I've got more viewers. Uh, hang on, uh, he's got more viewers than me. I'm getting naked. Oh no, now he's got even more viewers than me. That's going to get everyone off your stream. <laughs> but you know, you know that way you're trying to do this. You're trying to solve this problem, and then you get to that moment of realization: Why am I coding Twitch? <laughs> the service already exists. Why am I coding it? But it's about yeah, it's about that ability, and then what the real joy is going to be when we have the likes of LaveCon and maybe even mm -hmm. ECM. We'll do a little test there um, to yeah, be yeah. able to take a feed from PCs playing games. So if you've got a a four versus four tournament going over, you just basically put a little OBS on, stream it to the local server, and then you can just grab those feeds on the main stage and jump between them live. Um, with minim really, really minimal cool. delay, uh, we're talking sort of three or four seconds. Sounds really, really cool. And I, I think as well, you know, what you were saying about why am I coding Twitch? The point here is, is that quite a lot of the time, we get so used to, you know, using the platforms that are available to us, and actually the the functionality of doing that is, you know, can occasionally be restrictive. And and so you know, you want to try and do something that's slightly different. And, uh, you know, it, good for you. You know, hacking at the coalface is, is the way to go. Um, hey, so so my, my week. Yes, my week. So um, we've had all sorts of stuff going on. Um, oh, what have I done? So um, teaching is back next week, which um, means I have even less uh, free time. But, um, and unfortunately... Uh, I have to commute on Tuesdays, which is going to make uh, being on at all until Christmas very, very difficult. But we'll, you know, we'll try and cross that that bridge week by week as we go. Um, in terms of uh, elite dangerous things to start with, then, so uh, I've been doing a lot of writing for Sagittarius I in the last uh, couple of magazines, and uh, you're going to see up until Christmas and beyond a lot more of my bits and pieces going into there which is really nice and the guys over there are, are fantastic um thanks ben for, for putting me onto them and then obviously i i sort of 
um, added to the favour and dragged Kurgel in too. So, um, yeah, you know, it, it has become a little lave radio posse over at Sagittarius Eye. Um, but, um, yeah, I'm currently doing... Um, I've got an article in, in November. I've got an article in December. I don't think I've got anything in October, but, you know, that's, that's fine. It was something in September. But I'm currently doing... Um, a series which we're starting in November called the Rare Commodities Spotlight, which is basically taking the rares from the game and expanding on the uh, the descriptive text of the rares that are in the game. So making it, you know, because there's that lovely little paragraph of flavor text that you get with every rare. Um, I'm I'm turning that into a tiny little um, culinary report. Essentially, it's written in a culinary style. It's written like a restaurant critic. Um, so, yeah, so I'm quite enjoying that. Uh, we're starting with Aurarian Vicious Brew, and I think we're moving on then after that to um, to some of the more rare rares, you know, the ones that people don't really know about. So, um, so yeah. Can I so suggest I've... you put mine in, my rare good? Uh, your rare good? Um, mm -hmm. Is it on the list? I haven't. It's it's in the game, so it must be on the well, list. Oh yeah, then then you know that's fine. If uh, yeah, certainly if uh, if if it's not an A, because because <laughs> being the fact that I went through the you know the the list that was um, that was published, I of course immediately started with one that I knew, which was Aurarian Vicious Brew, and then went down the list and and stupidly picked two A's. <laughs> so so. I didn't try to do them in order, Let but I ended up with two A's. So as long as it doesn't begin with an A. No, you just post it in the um, in the Discord, and you can have a look. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Um, if it's something that um, uh, that's edible, then um, yeah, sure. Um, so, uh, can, I, can I put in a request for the kitten brew coffee, please? <laughs> if it's on the list, then it's sure. It's on the list. You know? It's that's definitely fine. on the list. That's fine. I can I can certainly do them. I'm, I can. Is that like weasel coffee in real life, where they filter it through kittens? Though that's of... the one. I can I can read you a you know I can read you a sample here. So this is the kind of treatment that you'll get. There you go, uh, Alan. Oh, brilliant. Okay, I will I will look at that in a second. So here's Aurarian Vicious Brew. No one is quite sure why several of the rare commodities in the old world sector are so aggressively named. However, Aurarian Vicious Brew is by definition a potent mix and has been talked of uh, talked of in the system for decades. Blah 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 blah. And then it is said it is said that one drunk pilot, a commander Timothy Tubbs, who lost a fortune at cards tipped half a keg of Aurarian Vicious Brew into the engine of his Sidewinder and promptly blew a hole in the landing pad when he tried to take off. Since then, supplies of the brew have been restricted and regulated by Sharon, Free, uh, Sharon Lee Free Market however, station, uh, by station authorities to ensure quality on the interstellar market, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah. So, essentially, it's things like that, you know, just, just kind of making it a bit more um, uh, interesting. Um, do, 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 do. Uh, however, there's a bit here. Where is it? Uh, occasionally, this will cause the choking as the swallow reflex is interrupted and the drinker will find their mouth filled with the vicious taste for a long time. Water can help reduce the effect as can a little salt. However, once the drinker becomes used to the taste, the Aurarian vicious brew can quickly become a preferred option. The strong kick quickly eliminates any sense of thirst, making the drink a good starter for any pilot on a tight budget who doesn't want to get around in. There you go. So, yeah. You need your Aurarian Vicious Brew. So, yeah, so I've been doing doing those. Um, I'm working on Phoenix Point. That's going really well. We've had a release of um, some of the briefing stuff this month, which has been uh, has been good. Um, 
well received and and that's going out in newsletters at the moment that's our sixth ebook wow six done amazing um then ben met some people at egx and uh, and then messaged me and said you should talk to these people so i'm going to go talk to those people next tuesday apparently they want some work doing see what happens in terms of uh, of what goes on with that uh then we tried to hack at the garden karen's been working on uh, stuff to do with our event we've got a, a, a convention called fantasy con coming up in october uh yeah so it's all go really um you know there's there's all sorts of stuff stuff happening um and finally oh yeah the final thing so i've managed to get the loft reorganized and sorted so which i'm i'm obviously i'm in game tonight which is you know a first because i've actually got a decent enough internet connection up here which is great Woo-hoo. and i've also i've also set up um the music station up here correctly because what i'd done the last time i was composing music uh for for chris um and for escape velocity the last time i was composing music i was struggling with the fact that the music composing computer which i'm playing the game on um wasn't it was playing stuff but it wasn't recording stuff it was a particular set of synthesizers that i wasn't able to record on the one computer uh soft synths so what i've managed to do is now set a second laptop up with all my soft synths on it so what I'll be able to do is now play on my soft synths on the laptop, record them into the main computer, and then I can I can get back to composing again. It's taken a long time to do it because um, I haven't really felt the the urge to you know to to do any music. And finally, uh, I bit the bullet and bought a new laptop. So um, the old laptop has now become the effectively the synthesizer. So yeah, you know, I'm I'm kind of looking forward to being able to you know play some play some tunes again which would be really nice so yeah that was long wasn't it <laughs> <laughs> we're used to that uh, right okay so talking to everybody else and uh, it's not about me uh you can join us live we are all outside lave station i am even sat here um and uh, as you probably heard a minute ago someone decided to do a flyby while I was talking, which was fine. You know, obviously it uh, drowned out all the boring things I was trying to say. Um, we're currently uh, around Lave Station, as I've said. Um, and, you know, you might uh, you might find us near the unidentified civilian broadcast at some point. Or we may go and wander to one of the other sites that, uh, that you can see. Um, if you can't get in-game, we're also on the Twitch chat channel, which has already been mentioned. And you can access that through laveradio.com live. Uh, click on live chat and of course we're on twitch on twitch tv slash live radio okay so stuff what we have to chat through newsletter 245 next <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna make a point here because i've i've kind of you know um been working on some bits and pieces with sagittarius i and it strikes me that they are knocking it out of the park. And yeah, okay, I'm I'm a bit biased. But compared to the sorry state of the newsletter, they are they are kind of knocking it out of the park, right? I must admit I was absolutely gobsmacked when I joined their Discord to offer some assistance. Yeah, my uni work swamped me, and I had to be like, "I'm really sorry, I don't have the time to do the stuff at the level you're doing." Those guys are pro, like better than 
professional paid for yeah. print stuff. Although it's amazing. Being fair to Frontier, the newsletter does does is only put together by one person, mm. um, probably on a Friday afternoon. Yep. as part of their other jobs. Yeah, Sagittarius Eye has a whole team of people working for days and days and days on it. Yeah, it's a okay. machine. It's a machine. It you know it absolutely is a machine. I mean we're we're currently in the middle of um, November articles, you know, and, and October's not even out. You know, the deadline for November articles is, you know, is looming and, and it generally comes around, you know, articles go to editing at the time, roughly when the next magazine is launched and so on. So they are a machine and, and, and you know, it, it's incredible. The, the way in which Severine has got the... Um, uh, the working system up and running is 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 awesome, and the quality of the of the stuff it is. It's one of those things that I've always had with, you know, when I'm working with Chris and when I'm working with um, with other people on uh, on projects. When you write something, and somebody draws something based on what you've written, or they you know they make an image based on something that you've written, or they write a piece of music, or they they act a part, it's so humbling. You know, you you as a creative person, you you make something, and then somebody else chimes in on it. It's so humbling and it's so inspiring. And to see the, you know, when I submit an article and it goes to image editing, and people then start putting these images on it, it's like, whoa, man! You know, you guys are incredible. So, um, yeah, I I think Frontier have a problem <laughs> because the fan mag is is half a ton better than the newsletter. Um. That said, the newsletter's got a slightly wider remit. You know, it can it can kind of cover things that are not about in-game, um, you know, from an in-game fictional perspective. Um, so, Isn't that just you know, an excuse to cover anything and have more com- more topics rather than less? Yeah, but I mean that that and gives they still the don't new- manage that. Yeah, but it gives the newsletter sort of more scope. It, it's kind of starting to remind me, and, and I don't know if any of you guys are fans of this, it's starting to remind me of when White Dwarf went bad, when White Dwarf turned into just a promo magazine and with no yeah, other totally. content. Um, and that that's quite sad um, in terms of what's there. So it, it needs love. And, and I think you're right, Shan. Um, you know, if it's one person trying to put it together... That says it all, doesn't it? Really, it needs to not be one person trying to put it together. Um, you know. So, was there anything in the newsletter people wanted to to um, to pick up on? Talking about <laughs> chapter four, which they talked about last week. Talking about chapter four, which they talked about last week. Pimping stuff on the store, which I think we've already seen. Isn't the horrors paint back quite an old one? Yeah, it, it. I mean, it's it's, it's also... only just come to some ships, but it, it okay. is one of the first paint packs, isn't it? I mean, it's also. I mean, I did say to Chris when we when we launched the the audio drama, um, you know, have you contacted the the community team? Have you contacted the newsletter? And I'm not sure Chris has. He's been quite busy, um, but it, you know, it's quite notable that they're not hunting for news. You know, mm. it's 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 just the stuff from Frontier, and then anything that you know, that people from the community tell them about. Um, <laughs> you know. I I I think Colin might beg to differ about anything that people from the com- community true, tell them about. True, true, true. You know, I I, I agree. Um, yeah, you know, or some things that the community tell them yeah. about. So I, yeah, you know, it, it's just you know, it's unfortunate, really. Um, it's a bit of a shame, and it could be better. Um, 
you know, there are many ways in which it could. I think the I think the image on the top looks nice. I say that. Mm-hmm. You know, like I mean, that. They they usually do find good stuff for the community things. Mm. But these are all things that I saw on Reddit about a week ago. And obviously yeah. I'm yeah. not who the newsletter's aimed at. Yeah. I've you know, I lurk on Reddit and on the forums yeah. trying to find stuff for our show. Yeah. Um, and I mean you know, we used to essentially we used to be the the show that effectively told everybody what was happening on the forums because they couldn't be bothered to go on the forums, and we kind of summarised you know any kind of dev and and development. So you know there is a certain amount of that that the the newsletter you know can address. But I mean, bear in mind, I'm pretty out of it. So the newsletter to me probably should be a go to if you see what I mean, and it just isn't. You know, it's not hitting. It's not hitting me, and I'm I'm not at the cutting edge. So, yeah, I, I'm a bit concerned about that. Not you know, it's not a criticism to to sort of point a finger and and sneer. It's worrying. You know, it's worrying that things are uh, are that way, because you would have said that if the newsletter was good and was up to date, surely they would have picked up the fuel rats logo, right? You'd have thought. You would have thought, because although that might the that was only announced over the weekend, so it might be late before Fridays. Can yeah. I something something a little bit cynical about the newsletter? Yeah. I'm never I'm never cynical about things. Um, sure. <laughs> have you noticed the newsletter has become more like an advert for what's in the store this week? Yeah, which is what I was saying about White Dwarf. You know, essentially when White Dwarf got bad you know there was a there was a period of time when it went really thin and really it was basically just a promo tool and there was no you know there was absolutely no um no attempt to be anything else um well it's like at its peak i remember buying white dwarfs where they published like here is a campaign for Warhammer, but yep. his conversion rules to play it in like Runemaster or D and D, if you yep. you know if that's your system of choice. And here's my story of how I painted my army, and here's here's the battle yep. we had. You know, incredible narrative, kind of rich stuff in terms of the way in which they they put it together. And then you know, and then it went really, and it it actually it was it was mostly for Games Workshop. The problem was. Um, the American influence, because what they did is they they trimmed the editing team right down um, to Mm. the same size as the American team. And it just, you know, it just killed White Dwarf. And of course, now when you look at the way in which um, GW promote, they promote massively. White Dwarf is, you know, is is rich again. Um, You see Warhammer TV, you see all sorts of stuff going on in terms of their, their community engagement. You know, some things you don't, I, I, I'm, I'm not impressed with the size of the Space Marine getting bigger and bigger every year. Um, but at the same time, you can you can say that they are trying to, you know, to put stuff out. And this this is my concern. You know, I hope that they'll turn. I hope that Frontier will, will kind of turn and, you know, maybe bring some more stuff to this. I guess, you know, a lot of the community team are obviously are thinking about their, um, you know, their, their, their Twitch channel and their, their video streams, aren't they? I mean, one thing from like the Games Workshop analogy that really fits with this, I think, is as their community engagement has increased, their actual like their games have got better. Their recent mm-hmm. iterations of things like Necromunda, Blood Bowl, Forty yep. K, even yep. like the Age of Sigmar rules, though I don't like the setting, they're all really good, fun to play systems. <laughs> Preach, brother. 
<laughs> totally with you on the setting of Age of Sigma. But <laughs> isn't isn't this an Elite Dangerous podcast? Sorry, yes, yes. <laughs> Back to space. <laughs> okay, so um, yeah, let's turn to the fuel rats then, because obviously I was trying to Sedgeway, and we we kind of ended up back at the newsletter. So, guys, tell me about this. Um, I have seen it; it's amazing. Um, who was involved? Toxic was involved big time. He probably did the most out of any of. I was involved. Purgle was involved more than I. I, I did think that was us from the show, isn't it, Kurgle? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it was just the three of us, but really, like, all of the props go to Commander Malibu, who oh, orchestrated gosh, yeah. it and herded, like, the 20 commanders round and showed <laughs> them how he'd done it. And, I mean, like, he did all the groundwork of yeah. actually taking their logo and laying it on a grid that was the same size as the galaxy map and then plotting all the coordinates out that we then mm-hmm. translated into actually finding system bodies to to, to like draw the picture from uh, is one of the most fun things I've done and like totally easily to blend into my normal gameplay I was doing a lot of background sim stuff at the time so going and scooping like a 40,000 light year trip for data was actually it worked out really well for what I was doing as well it wasn't like I had to take a week out and that was it it didn't help anything yeah, I yeah, really I, I, I was I was gonna I was gonna say you know the the key thing here is the um you know what I was what I was asking is is that mechanical process because it looks so precise in terms of what's there and in oh, yeah if people haven't seen the video of this um, please do go check it out um, you can find it linked up on the Elite Dangerous Reddit this is the Fuel Rat logo being produced really fast. Um, you know, uh, basically the you know all the plotting is uh, is sort of sped up and yeah, massively sped up, obviously because you guys took days getting to the different places. But um, like months, but yeah, 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 exactly. So, but the point here is is that you know it just looks incredible, and the you know in terms of the way in which it was so precise. Um, so that kind of plotting, I, I guess you were given courses. So actually, he gave us, like, he broke every element of the image down into a spreadsheet. So every character that's written around the outside of the ring had its own page. And the the two rings themselves had their own pages. And the actual picture of the Mm. Fuel Rat logo in the middle, all of the elements of that picture was broken into individual parts. Mm -hmm. And then people were allocated those parts. And they were a string of coordinates, like maybe 30 coordinates. Mm. Um you would like drill down through the galaxy map and if you actually look at the grid in the galaxy map it gives you the coordinates so we're just trying to find the closest body on the zero z plane to whatever the coordinate is and like maybe they're a light year out or whatever but there's like there's 30 or 40 coordinates per like letter Mm. and each of those coordinates has like maybe 10 or 20 jumps at 50 light years per jump between them um, I mean, it was a 20,000 light year trip out to the one of the letters I drew and about another 8,000 light years drawing the elements that I did and then coming back again, another 22,000. Uh, yeah, it was insane. Really good fun. <laughs> and actually, because you're doing a, a... Like, you're not just jump, jump, jump. You're having to, like, mm. break these coordinates down through the galaxy map and finding bodies. So it isn't just a case of, like, an hour jumping in a straight line. You're actually, like, decoding these coordinates into planets and mm. 
some people had crazy things where they had to like jump down or up through the galaxy map Z axis just because there wasn't a body that let them like keep their line and then come all the way back up from the vertical axis back to like where they'd started almost only like one light year over because then they could carry on their journey. That's that's incredible. And you know, to to do that through through such a long period. I mean, I know, you know, we're in a sandbox game and actually having um, having objectives, you know, is is something that that really keeps the, you know, keeps the passion, as it were. But but yeah, it must have taken such a, you know, such a huge amount of uh, of plotting, thinking, and then putting together. That's you know, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I mean that letter, the furthest letter I did, the twenty two thousand one, that took me about a week of like two hours a day for a week to to get wow. there, draw the thing, and come back. Um, so yeah so completed i'm assuming that um it looks probably not as good um if you you viewed it <laughs> on its y-axis or on a you know on, <laughs> on a different plane as it were and yeah. it'd probably be a bit random but um yeah the you know the two-dimensional image is uh, is incredible and uh, um absolute uh, respect to all the commanders who were involved in that i think um it's a real credit, and it's a real credit to be fair to the fuel rats because the fuel rats are pretty oh, awesome. They, they totally deserve it, which is why I think like so many of the crew even got involved and mm. you know had the time to put stuff in. I mean, Toxic actually is a fuel rat, and he was just like, they totally deserve this. You know, they buzzed their yeah. ass. Um, I think people anyway. You know, I'm kind of I'm kind of hoping that because we see occasionally that the BBC picks up a few things. Let's let's hope that Rory Kethlin Jones picks up uh, uh, mapping the. The galaxy with a logo um, at some point, and we see a little article on the BBC. It'd be nice if uh, if they got some recognition for that, um, because it is you know incredible in terms of what's there. Okay. Yeah, and like I, I mean, I'm actually really surprised that Commander Malibu managed. I think it only took three months from him finishing the coordinates to actually having all yeah. of the commanders complete their sort of segment. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely incredible. And after a well-earned break, I can't wait to find out what he's going to vandalise the galaxy with next. Wow. Um, yeah. No. So it'd be interesting to see in terms of uh, of what happens. Okay, so uh, moving on in terms of uh, the bits and pieces that we have listed. Um, so we don't have a lot of a, you know, a, a show schedule for tonight. Uh, but one of the things that has been mentioned is that apparently Leafy's been UA bombed. And people are asking um, for help getting their systems back. Um, what's going on with this, Ben? Basically, exactly what it says in the tin. Someone's been UA bombing. Um, and... Yeah, obviously that goes off and shuts the place down, hurts it out, so you can't go off and use any of your services and things like that. Mm -hmm. So if people can, and if people want to, and if they can, and if they've got time and all that malarkey, find some meta alloys and take them off to Leasty, then that'll go off and get that station back online again, which probably helps people visiting Leasty out, doesn't it? Yeah, no, I just, I literally just flew out of there, you see, because I've okay. been parked up in Leasty. And, um, uh, yeah, it you know obviously it wasn't something that uh, that I I spotted or noticed uh, in terms of what was there, um, but um, yeah, you know obviously it uh, my my lave to leasty run was my my bread and butter or my mm. coffee and machine parts I think 
<laughs> in terms of uh, about the first four or five months of me of me flying around in this game. Um, since then, I've I've been um, I've been offered two jobs uh, since we've been on air. Um, you know, this is a novelty for me. You know, it's probably ama- uh, amazingly bland for everybody else. But apparently, um, somebody's offered me a delivery contract back to George Lucas Station. So, you know, we'll we'll see what that means. And uh, I thought when I when I saw the other one because it came up at um, uh, a little bit earlier, I thought they were offering me the manager job for George Lucas Station because it says manager Lucas job offer. Um, <laughs> so I was I was thinking, what's going on here? You know, it's all right. I'm already running this station. Why why do you want me to to come and work at least here? You, the head you know? hunting you are, and you're not yeah. allowed to leave. You know, we've Is got it, a. Um... Is it better pay? You know what's what's going on over there. Two, two times nothing you, is still nothing. Paid, right? then that is a better pay, isn't it? Yeah, two times nothing is still nothing. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so so yeah, no, I'm I'm kind of you know it, a lot of this, and I you know I've said this a little bit before. Um, it's quite nice to come back into a game when you've been away from it for a long time because there are you know there's certain things that are familiar, but some of the stuff that's been fixed. I know that people who've been playing for a long period are kind of looking at it and, and, you know, and they see things that they want fixed and they're not fixed. And that kind of gets them down a little bit and, you know, and, uh, you know, makes the game less of an experience for them. When you've been away for a bit and you come back and you go, oh, actually, this works really better than last time. So, yeah, there's there's a little bit of kind of positive to that in terms of my experience. Um, I recognize I'm in a crap ship compared to everybody else. But, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, just hey, run. I'm in a cobra. Run a lot. And, um, I'm in a viper. You're yeah. in a viper, aren't you? Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, but but you know, you've got other options, right? True. <laughs> yeah, but I this just, is the one I want to be in. I, I, <laughs> but I just discovered I have a viper. Right? There's a viper sat at Shinrata Desra. I never bought it. When did I get that? Somebody obviously, you know, there was some sort of thing, and they gave us a viper. I don't know why. Um, Wasn't there a free one given out? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that you with know, the beta that we got that. Like, yeah, well, there, congratulations. There we go. You were in the beta, have a free viper. Yeah, so I, I, I hadn't even realised I had a free viper. So you know, I've got, I have a feeling I might have sold my my. Fr- no, wasn't it? What was it? It was a. It wasn't. Was it a free viper? You're thinking of the Freegal. I'm the. It's a Freegal. I'm thinking I've, of your right. Still, I've still got the Freegal. Yeah. Um, I love my eagle. If I, if I could, um. If I could just fly my eagle, I would fly my eagle because it's just so. the The nice thing about it is I've got it, um, or at least it was at the time. And obviously, there's there's lots of other, you know, good in game um, uh, upgrades that you can get. But I, I basically I set a power, um, you know, uh, overpowered the eagle so that I could have burst lasers and a missile launcher. And it was the first ship I was able to do an assassination mission on. Um, because I could go in, attack an anaconda, and just pound the shields down, and then drop all the missiles, and then gone. And it would, you know, it would do it. And that was that was great. So it was really fun little um, dogfighting ship, and really cheap on the rebuy. You know, your 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 insurance is is you know next to nothing. So I I really do. Uh, I like my my eagle. Can't believe you sold yours, Ben. I went off and sold mine basically to turn it into Gunsmoke Cobra. Fair, fair. Okay. I, fair. I sold my Freegal to buy a hauler so I could start running missions. So I went from the Sidewinder, went all the way out to get my Freegal, and then sold it, and then bought a hauler so I could then start running missions. Well, I, I, I bought a Type 6, and, and I, 
I was doing the whole type six buy lot, you know, do lots of hauling, grind your way up, and and I I kind of wasn't getting on with um with combat missions, and so I was doing a lot of you know of sort of transport goods missions, and I think I got blown up once, and it was all right. I I quite enjoy getting killed at times, you know, when when people are prepared to role play with me, um, but I got blown up once, and and then you know I did another run, and I was like, what am I doing? I'm not enjoying this at all. I do not enjoy going from A to B with make-believe cargo, you know, just so that I can then do, you know, to pay for the things that I can then do that I will enjoy. That That's not gaming to me. That that didn't work for me. So that, that kind of, I had that moment and I just sort of dropped out. Um, so I'm, I'm rather glad that, you know, kind of coming back in, there's lots more directions to, to earn um, and cash to do stuff. And similarly, you know, I'm quite happy with the um, the ships that I've got. You know, actually, I, I, you know, I know other people have said, "Oh, it's amazing to fly this," and I really like this, and and so on and so forth. I actually quite like the fact that I'm, you know, pootling around in my ships. I still really enjoy just going into a res with a viper. Yeah, it's yeah. just a joy. Yeah, pootling around in something small and something crappy, and you know, it actually is is good fun. It you know, it sort of still keeps the memories in terms of uh, of what's there which i think is you know you gotta you gotta play the game for the way uh, the reasons you want to play the game haven't you i do think you'd enjoy a um an imperial courier though ah <laughs> uh, yeah you know i always wanted to to fly an asp i haven't managed that yet why fronts in space man I, oh yeah I, you know asp's I a great ship still want to fly an asp so one day we will we will get enough credits um nowhere near it at the moment so you know I'll I'll pass the hat round. Uh, charity donations. Uh, we'll have to multi-crew you into one of our fighter bays and just have you pew pew for a couple of hours. You'll yeah yeah probably be able to afford an asp at the end. Of prob- it. Probably happen, you know, and and it'd be nice. And the thing is, is that actually now this setup is you know is working well. I might uh, I might be able to to do it. And because you know you've got to have a when when your computer setup is all in the loft and it's cold and it's you know you're away from everything else. You have to have a couple of reasons to come up here. So actually having the music stuff up here and having Elite working and working well up here, you know, that's good. So that, you know, that's a good thing. Yeah. All right. So what else have we got to talk about this evening, gentlemen? Was um, was there anything else that we had to go through? Well, I've just, I sort of scanned the forums and stuff like that. And, and the, um, the Frontier annual report has just been released. Oh, and um, someone has um, fished out, apparently on page 50, and I'm still sort of checking the, the text, but apparently on page 50, it reads, at, at, uh, as of 31st of May 2018, the expecting remaining life of the franchise, this is elite, is considered to be three and a half years. This is in regards to lifetime pass revenue, and is the same deadline included in last year's report. Yep doesn't surprise me in the slightest thoughts people they always say the 10-year plan didn't they but i thought i thought braben had been quoted as saying they'd pushed out to 20 years recently well they're not going to change their proposals because that would be just suicide um if you do that and then you have to go back on it, you're in real nasty sort of shareholder position. So their best bet is to stay on it and then review it in that final year hmm. and then push it back and push it forward or whatever. Which, go. I was just looking at the time scale. It says the three and a half years. Do you remember how we talked a few weeks ago about 
um, Zach said that Elite Dangerous was six years old. And we think, well, hang on, how does that work out? This has only been out before. Mm. So the three and a half years, you know, six months ago, is, mm. the, is the ten years, isn't it? Yeah, they're thinking the development rather than thinking of the, the gameplay. And that's that's quite concerning if if you know if that's the time frame that they are they're considering, um, you know, essentially from Kickstarter inception, and that's you know that's that's particularly worrying. Um, I think there's there's a couple of things here. One of the things is that we did learn early on in the development period that backers were getting one set of information and the shareholders in the report would get a different set of information, and it was quite interesting as to how. Just occasionally, there would be one or two things that Frontier were trying to make something, you know, hype and, and make something of the release of, but they were unable to because they had to notify shareholders. So you would occasionally get, you know, people who um, uh, who who were both and who were were checking the reports uh, would would obviously would leak the information first, which of course they get, they're going to do. Um, it's also worth bearing in mind that Chris Gavin, who um, you know, who was the, uh, the the person who came up with the idea for Lave Radio in the first place? He he backed for a pound, but he bought shares. So and apparently the shares did incredibly well. So he you know mm. he did better out of the shares than uh, than out of the backing. So um, uh, it doesn't... is a key. Sorry, that is a key difference. Uh, you pointed out that it doesn't mean they're going to turn the servers off in three and a half no, years. Sure. Yeah. You know, so I think that's key. That's a key thing to remember. Yeah. Um, but... The particular wording that worries me the most, though, is that the three and a half years is the limit they see on, like, the revenue mm. from lifetime backers, which makes me think that after three and a half years, lifetime backers aren't going to get any more. And given we haven't actually received anything yet for being lifetime backers, um, maybe they're going to kill. That's us all. worrying for me. Say again, Grant. They just got to shorten our lifespan. I mean, you know, a guy from Glasgow buying a lifetime pass is just money in the bank. <laughs> I meant more in the respect that, like, do you think we'll see even, like, another Horizons worth of content coming between now and the end of that three-and-a-half-year period? It seems like an awful squeeze to try and fit their grand plans for, you know, all the different planetary landings or gas giants and stuff. I'm in. going to refer... I'm going, I still can't let go of the feeling that they're hitting technical limitations and... The way, the only way they're going to deliver the stuff that we've dreamed them deliver is a, if you like, an, a sequel to Elite, because of the game, because of the technical debt they have incurred. Yeah, I think a sequel is a possibility, or possibly like I know games like Eve have done several huge engine rewrites over the years, haven't they? Mm. Um, I do think it would be at that level to uh, to fix some of the limitations they're bumping into. I think I it would so. dangerous too or something. No, no, no. I don't think so because it doesn't make any sense. Elite deadly. It, you know the whole <laughs> the whole the whole thing about um, the sort of elite dangerous thing is the fact that you know the updates are all just major bolt-ons, um, in, in the sort of scheme of things. So a big major bolt-on. Because uh, I was thinking about it, you know, how do you do planetary sort of out of your cockpit and walking around? Well, that actually is basically another game. So what they've been doing so far in development is they've been working on essentially a new part of the game, but it's just actually a new game, and then they bring the rest of the old game up to speed with that. So Horizons, and, and they've been renewing that again as graphic technology gets better. I don't think that the elite core is ever going to get dropped until such times as they're in 
you know, the coming to the end of its natural life. And, you know, that basically could mean that Elite Dangerous is going 30, 40 years later but with, you know, horrifically new technology that's come out and a new plug-in for that, which is the... Oh, no, I'm going to say, don't, don't make things up on the spot, Grant, that's always dangerous. I mean, we're talking about, oh, it's three and a half years away, but actually a 10-year lifespan for an online game is pretty good going. Well, how old Yeah, you? no, I'd, I think he's, no, I'd I, agree. Sorry? No, I, just, I, just, I don't see them... I don't see the need, because although technology, yes, is definitely a limiting factor, to make another game to try and meet that technology is no more advantageous to them and losing their universe when they've got the storyline. I think, you know, we have to wait and see, because... I mean, basically, if you even if you didn't release more expansions, I can't imagine they will turn the servers off until the income stream from shipped kits and skins is lower than the cost of running the servers. Well, it, it's, um, it's... And, I don't, you know, it seems that's quite a profitable part of their business at the moment, so I don't see them wanting to cut that revenue stream anytime soon. Well, it is a tricky one, and you know it is a tricky balance of of these different things. And there is one element that sort of occurs to me that, generally speaking, when you're you're thinking about MMOs, often what's happening is that you're watching a burst of of design um, energy, you know, of of kind of um, incredible you know, development and 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 feature um, you know production, and actually it almost suggests and you know with the fact that we've got this this slightly ambiguous statement it almost suggests that what you've got is you've got that burst to get all these features in, and then when you've got all these features in, you just abandon it. You do you see what I mean? You know you don't play with the toy when all the features are in. You just put it in a box and you know that's 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 kind of quite quite sad really i mean you know certainly you've seen that happen with other games other games have you know have got to there and then they've gone free to play or they've they've um you know given over the source code to someone else to set the server up and you know and then fans have, have run the server for themselves and so on frontier are not that kind of company really they're they're quite conservative with you know and and quite keen on their their ip so you know, I don't. I don't think you're necessarily going to see that, but it is. You know, it it is quite concerning and 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 almost sort of sad, really. If 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 it is something that they would look ahead and you know consider walking away from. And just to touch on the point about the Eve comparison, we do have to remember that the business model here is totally different. Um, we as the lifetime backer pass people, the people you know who who stumped up uh, at the time when they needed the pump prime money to to be able to develop what they what they've been able to develop we are now a burden um you know i everybody is don't get me wrong you know everyone i'm sure is is delighted that we were there at that time and they feel very grateful to us but of course we're no revenue you know unless we buy some skins unless we buy some you know some some cosmetic packs we're actually no main revenue. The main revenue is coming from you know, people who are new, who are coming in and purchasing the game. And you know, when, you, when you're running a subscription game, then obviously that, that situation is slightly different. People are you know, continually renewing the game based on the fact that they're, you know, they're, they're generating revenue for what's going on. So it's, it's a tricky one. And it's, it's one that I don't think anyone producing other games in the world has managed to solve perfectly. Unless someone else knows. 
Well, lifetime passes are always they're very good if you are you need a cash injection up front because yeah. you get a lump sum. Yeah. yeah. So if you if you want to improve your cash flow, yeah. um, they're very very good. But as you as you correctly say, once you've brought your lifetime pass, that's it. Unless you have a uh, an online store which just you know just keeps I mean churning stuff out. I kind of agree, but. I agree that, like, once you've paid your £100 or your £150 and they've released more than £100 or £150 mm. worth of content to paying players, that maybe you become a burden. But, like, my lifetime backer cost me £150. I didn't get it at the Kickstarter stage. Got it in the, fir in the first, yeah. like, redo that they did. Well, if I'd bought the game and bought their expansions... I would have change left over from that. So I don't feel like I'm a burden to them. I still feel like I've paid more sure. than someone who's just bought the game as it released. No. And, and the other benefit is, so the other, the other benefit is, I just thought of, is this isn't a subscription game. So, you know, we're all thinking, oh, they've got three and a half years to go and blah, blah, blah. I paid like 120 quid for my, on, for my lifetime pass. Mm -hmm. If that has lasted me six years of entertainment, enjoying, and gameplay, that is excellent value for money. Because yeah, totally. I, but you're I'm still paying £120 for £45 worth of content. And that's what I mean. We, we, we've chosen to pay more as lifetime backers, but like, I don't feel we've got to the point that we should be being a burden. I feel like, how come they haven't delivered two more paid expansions worth of content yet? And I, I can speaking as you know speaking as a designer, um, I can kind of get both views on this, and you know, and I think I think also my perspective is completely different in terms of my experience here because from one from one viewpoint, you could say I put an awful lot more in because like I paid four and a half thousand pounds, right? Yeah, you know? totally. Uh, <laughs> but from the other perspective, you could say, but actually, none of that was me because, of course. Actually, I ran a Kickstarter to fund a, you know, to 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 fund that 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 sort of setup. But I mean, I'd I'd already back to the you know to the um the founders level anyway in terms of what was there. But um, no, it, it just it, it struck me as humorous that those two things were were a sort of a juxtaposition. Um, I don't even want to know what Grant put in, so I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna <laughs> ask. Um, but the the other side of it is that. Um, speaking as a developer, or at least a designer on a development, um, you know, at the moment, we get quite a lot of players coming to us about Phoenix Point um, right now because we're in the development phase, and we've, you know, we've had to delay. We've we've said the game's not going to be out till 2019, and one of the reasons for that is that we've managed to secure Xbox release, um, you know, and and there are other things that we're trying to bring into the game that have taken longer to program and so on. You know, my role as a writer essentially has been for the last year to provide content that gets people interested in the game, keeps people interested in the game, and gives us that time to be able to continue the development. And that's been, you know, wonderful because from you know, from a personal perspective, I have people who've backed the game coming back to me and going, actually, I've read all these stories and I've got more out of this than I got out of x project x project x project you know already and i don't have the game yet so you can kind of see how people's you know sort of relative value of the things that they are you know they're they're accruing based on um based on their their involvement um in these kind of experiences how they how they kind of shift um if you see what i mean yeah totally 
but so, yeah, the, I just thought it was interesting snippet of news I've just found because it sort of makes you definitely makes you think. And yeah, absolutely. And it, it certainly filled us for you know for a good twenty odd minutes. That was all. Well, I, I think the key. I think the key thing is, is, is as we said, is it doesn't mean they're going to turn the service off or anything no. else like that. It, no, it's purely talking about revenue from lifetime pass and stuff like that. So it's and it, it's not even saying we're not going to stop developing. No, yeah. no, but it but it might also be that you know that the at the end of that period that they essentially go into freeze. You know, they may go into a freeze for a period and basically go, okay, so the game just continues. People are able to play it, but we're not really putting much more content in other than the procedural content that the game will produce for itself, et cetera, et cetera. So you don't know. You know, I mean, whatever model that they choose um, does not necessarily mean, you know, turning it off and, and there being nothing uh, there to, to go. That said, you know, it does say to me from a personal perspective, given how much... Um, how much game time I've missed in the last two, maybe three years. Um, if they're going to turn everything off in about three years from now, I need to get my skates on, don't I? You want to get in there? That's quick, mate. Well, I, was just, yeah. I, was, I was also just thinking that if we've got three and a half years, in quotes, left, hmm. then three and a half years ago, we hadn't even had Horizon. We were still talking about Wings. Well, mm. three and a half years ago. So yeah. you could you could argue we're actually only halfway through the development mm. cycle of the game. Yeah, potentially. That. Yeah, and you know, I mean, we've we've seen examples of other, um, uh, yeah, other technology that has devised some of the things that we are hoping will arrive in Elite. You know, and so it will be interesting to see if Frontier can, you know, can pull the rabbit out the bag. Um, no Man's Sky, Frontier, come on. You know, it's shown you the way. Do it better. Um, so yeah. So you know, I think there is. I think there is a lot there to, to sort of think about. Okay. Um, is there anything else that we wanted to cover? I, I guess um, you have to say, what is your? So you come back to the game. You're playing the game for a, you know for for, mm. A, mm. for a brief period now. Do you have any aims, or are you just logging in to see what's changed and then? Well, I think. Yeah, I think let's break before we jump onto that. Well, we can do. Yeah. Let's do that. I thought we were the BBC and didn't have ad breaks. Oh no, we've got adverts. We just don't have. We just don't get paid for them. This is a public service announcement from the Fuel Rats. Please stop what you're doing and pay attention. If we can rescue you, we will. But you can help us help you by following these easy steps. 1. Fly 50 light seconds or so from the system's main star and drop out of supercruise. 2. Note down the current system and the nearest stellar body. 3. If you're on emergency life support, log out immediately. 4. Go to FuelRats.org and click Get Help. 5. Stay calm, hold your breath, and let our seasoned professionals do what they do best. The Fuel Rats. We have fuel, you don't. Any questions? Eddie Lee Wise here. Our family-run business looks after all your sartorial needs. Whether you need something to turn your pink python purple 
or you want to wrap your buns up in a nice tight flight suit, Millsburn Ken can sort you right out. He's an expert at inside leg, and my wife Barb's is a whiz with a sewing machine. Bespoke tarting for you and your ship. Visit Eddie and Sons, plus me daughters, at Lave Station. Right, sir. Cough, please. <coughs> okay, so we're back, and uh, thank you for those adverts, Grant. So um, we were just saying about um, me achieving some goals, and Chan, you were talking about, you know, have I thought of any? Well, I kind of haven't much, but one of the things I did think of um, as soon as I came in was the last time I was in the Lave system, it didn't have the two different signal points that say history of lave and uh walden's dictatorship so what the hell are they i think they're uh, probably pieces of blood that you've written <laughs> right okay so i'm now 640 meters away from walden's dictatorship um i have absolutely no idea what uh, what this is um so what should i be doing to to um there to should out? be a beacon Right. That okay. You target in yeah. your um, uh, yeah. contacts panel. Once you get into and drop range, drop out, and then you'll see a beacon. Target it, and yep. then it will scan it, and then you'll get your report. Okay, I'm just looking to try and remember which button is the scanner. Do you see a trigger? You just need to um, get just in range. Whip your guns out. You need to target it and whip your guns out. No, you don't actually. Just target it, and that's all you need to. Okay, I'm now two kilometers out because, of course, I hit the thruster, and um, so so I'm I'm crap. I'm trying to find the um, I've got it I've got it linked as the target because it was the um, uh, the jump target. So it's it's linked. You up need to actually target. target the white thing. In it. It. Yeah, yeah, it's which is now. which is what I'm I'm now going to do. Hang on. So I'm just going to drop, and I'm um, 500 300 meters. Right. Okay. So now, now I'm stopped. I can now figure out which of my buttons is my target. There we it go. It will be this. I think you've got the data got already. It. You've got a little one thing at the top. So press yep. two and then scroll along. I've got it. It's all right. It's got. Um. So. So the data is downloaded. Okay. So what do I do with that? Read it. Due to a technical issue, all entertainment for this evening is cancelled. Sorry for the inconvenience. Where do I read it? So the data is downloaded. Where do I read it? Uh, if you press two and press scroll on the top, yep. And then if you just scroll along the top, you're, you should see a little highlighted envelope at the top. Oh, I see. Oh, so you mean the chat window? Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Let's go have a look. So friend requests. Let's sort that friend request out first. There we go. Um, Walden's dictatorship. Okay. So now I've got to figure out how to open that. Uh, duh, duh, duh. this is really cool right i didn't i didn't write this i don't think um i think someone has written it based on what i i wrote which is great you know and it's it's always lovely to see that um you know that something like that um uh yep yeah no it's and it's you know that's fantastic now it's lovely to see that that's that's actually in the system um, and as I say, I had no idea that, um, that these things were here because, of course, the last time I was playing, they 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 weren't. Uh, yeah, these are 
these are, these are tourist beacons so around the uh surrounding area mm -hmm. in the in the galaxy map you'll get missions to say take so and so passengers to see the history of lave so of course of course you would and you know exactly and why on earth you wouldn't uh you know i, I wouldn't have thought of that i was you know but anyway right so we're off to the next one now we're going to head on to history of lave and i'll go and uh, go and look at that one and see if uh Kogel and i are currently lurking there okay well you will you will see me in just a minute okie dokie um but yeah so no i i no idea and and of course i suppose in a way it's kind of it's kind of a bit of a momentous thing that um you know this is the first time i've seen these you know i i mean it's 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 pretty wonderful for me but i guess if it was if it was someone else you know if i was thinking that the the writer of you know of the stuff uh, as it were you know was seeing this for the first time i'd be you know i, I think it was pretty pretty cool uh, it's pretty momentous of them um Okay, so yeah, I've managed to stupidly. Ah, uh, dear, I am such a, such a crap pilot. Such a noob. <laughs> I am. I am. It said slow down, and so what I did immediately is dropped out of frame shift. Oh, Do you think we should introduce Alan to uh, wing beacons? And yeah, that'd be that might be of interest to him. Yeah, definitely something okay. new. Um, and I'm currently sixty-five thousand light years away at the moment. So, so Alan, if you go to your chat window and go along to the multi-crew section, yeah, I will do in a second. I'm just going to get this right. I'm going to okay. just drop out at history of lave first. Okay, um, well, no, this will help you get to history of lave. Well, I'm only I'm only two million miles away, so I'm literally okay. I'm I'm, I'm just about anyway. to drop out now. So. That's fine. fine. There we go. It was just, just because I was an idiot, and um, and it went slow down, and I immediately just hit the. You yeah, know. I think I've just seen you come in. Yeah, here we go. Right, so now we just drop the speed off. Uh, there we go. Right, so that should, and if I can remember my targeter, there we go. Right, okay, so that should then appear. But it's lovely, you know. It's lovely to see, and it is one of the things that having done the recent work with Sagittarius I, um, you're very conscious of the fact that other people have written those rare paragraphs, you know, the paragraphs for the rare commodities. And what you don't want to do is ever um, damage what, they are, what they've, they've written. You want it to be absolutely um, connected. Uh, in terms of what uh, what they did, um, so you know any expansion, any extra that you're putting uh, putting on there, you want it to be you know to be adding to what they've already done. So okay, so I've now got the history of Lave document as, as downloaded. Now this is mine. This is entirely mine. Um, the uh, Dave Hughes helped me write this. Um, I believe Dave Hughes might have come up with about half of the first paragraph. I think the second half of the first paragraph is straight out of the Frontier Gazetteer. Um, and then the second two paragraphs are, yep, you know, this is this is exactly as, is my plot and is is the stuff that I wrote. Um, so yeah, so it's pretty wonderful to, uh, you know, to kind of see it here. Um, and meanwhile, all around me, there are, there is dogfighting going on. Um, I take it somebody's being bad. Yeah, we're, uh, Kurgle and I are being attacked by 
two wanted commanders, but they've they've both died. Two wanted NPCs, sorry. Okay. But they've both died now, so oh, that's okay. Okay. I just I just I, I, I deployed the beam lasers. They oh. you know they're pretty rusty, but they you know they they deployed and you, then you got the rust off them, did you? Yeah, yeah. At least you know, John would be proud. You know, it's quite bad because there's a wanted guy here, uh, Shortland, but he is Lave Radio Network, so I feel like I should leave him alone. <laughs> uh, I, I think I think you should. I think that's that's the right. Thing and he's in a crate, so he could well kick our butt. To be honest. <laughs> Let's 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 just stay on the friendly hey, side of that, he's, Ben. He, he's one no, of us. I remember don't know every, remember everybody's listening, Ben. You you know, you, oh, yeah. you wanna you wanna kind of not say, Oh, and actually I would attack him if he was in a smaller ship. You know, he's on our side. We're friendly. <laughs> let's be nice. Yeah, I suppose it wouldn't do to go and attack your own faction. Exactly. It's, it's a bit attack, of a dick move. To attack your friends. That's not I'm sure if we bung the commander a um uh, a bit of a bribe, he'll just let whatever that wanted crime is slide, you know. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe we just, you know, just just let it be. Um <laughs> but yeah, no, um so so seeing both of those, yeah, absolutely. I mean that's that's certainly something that you know, I was not. Um, it was not something that was in this game when uh, you know when I was last playing. Um, so it's lovely to see. Uh, Have see you been to um, Warrenus then since it's changed? No, I haven't. Let's do oh, that. You, first, you need to go to Warrenus. First of all, we're going to first Thargoid contact. That's my next. Um, I'm assuming that's also a beacon, right? Yeah. Okay. So let's go there. So I'm going to head for that first. And then Warrenus. Um, I was I was asked whether I wanted Warrenus to be um, what it what it was originally. You know, still an outpost. And I was also asked, do I want it changed? Um, I kind of I was kind of non-committal to be honest, because I was kind of thinking, well, um, I don't really mind because what Warrenus was supposed to be was um, wasn't quite what they were able to do anyway. But um, no, I'm 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 delighted that. Um, what was it supposed to be then? Well, Warrenus was um, was a big rock that um, that there was a school built on, and it was supposed to be in an asteroid belt. Now um, I'm aware that it is now uh, a sort of piratey base that um, you know is kind of a I think is a big rock. I've not seen it, so I I don't know. Um, but I'm I'm also aware that you know that the asteroid belts in the lave system are not quite where they're supposed to be. If you see what I mean, um, <laughs> or at least I don't think they are. But uh, but anyway, so let's have a look. Let's go and um, go and see first Thargoid contact, and then we'll move out to Warrenus. Right, well, while you're doing that, then we'll talk you through. That you can go to your uh, chat window again, Alan. Okay. And select me in your wing list. Okay. Apparently it's going to take me 1.3 days to get here. Yeah, you'll accelerate out of that. Oh, okay, that's fine. So select. Yeah, so once you've selected me, that'll bring up like a, a, a mini-menu kind of thing. Okay, and so... select Engage Wingman Navlock. Okay, let's just do that then. All right, so I need to go to... Uh, wing Incoming Text Channels... Multi crew wing. Okay. So select you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, engage wingman navlock. Yeah. That's the one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think Chris and I did a little bit of this when wings first came out. Um, 
but maybe it's better. I don't know. Tell me I'm wrong. I think it's pretty reliable now, so I don't know if that's better or not, but definitely... Chris and I did a little bit, of wi- little bit of winging stuff, but um, anyway. All right. Okay, so I'm going to first Thargoid contact, and then uh, then we'll go look at um, go look at Warrenus. Um, uh, another thing that that obviously is is pretty wonderful is the fact that the crate's in the game now. Um, yeah. You know, and I know it's it's a long time since the crate's been in the game, and I'm I'm you know I'm so out of touch. But um, the description of the crate Mark One is in my book. You know, I was the I was the only I think I was the only novelist who decided to include the crate mark one um and uh the the fact that it's the crate mark two i think is really important um you know because that that kind of lends something to the legacy you know and it's the same with the viper you know the viper had to be a viper mark three and then later a viper mark four and the crate mark two definitely has aerials at the side not yay yay good good i've always said they're aerial pylons and that was the you know that was the thing for for the great mark one um it was it was particularly because we were we were looking at ways in which the comm system would work in the game and you know narrative ideas of how the comm system could work really didn't match the way in which a multiplayer online game could you know could manage that but it was nice to have a ship that essentially went off into the you know, was was a favourite of pirates. Went off into the blue yonder and and used its pylons to essentially to to work out where it was. Um, you know, it was taking a bearing using the using the pylons on the side of the ship. Right. Okay. Nearly coming into fir- first contact Thargoid thing. Uh, we're about six million out, so I need to slow down a bit more. Safety disengage is apparently ready. There we go. Okay. So yeah, so I don't know about this one. I don't recall writing anything on um, first contact with Thargoids um, in the system. So let's find out. Let's get the guns out, or maybe not. Don't know. Target it. There we go. Okay. Oh, okay. I have missile lock on it. You know, I don't know if that's useful. <laughs> right. So tourist beacon. Uh, and now I need to go up there, don't I? So, yeah, let's go check that. Okay, so the first recorded contact between humanity and Thargoids. Euclidean ship announces the footage of the character. Yeah, I didn't write this, but this is this is this is the origin. You know, it is the origin that that we researched um, when we were looking at the the material uh, originally. I think I maybe wrote rewrote the first line. And possibly the second line, because at the time when we were working out the timeline, we needed to make sure that Elite, the first game, had a moment in in the timeline. So we settled on 3125 being when Elite actually happened. So yeah, I think the first line and the first paragraph is straight out of the material I wrote. Um, and then I think they've expanded it a little bit. Um, but the, the bit about the fog on the side of the stuff... Um, yeah, is exactly what you know was was kind of there. Um, it doesn't obviously mention um, you know the editor from from 2000 AD, but um, who knows? Maybe it was him. You know, in terms of uh, of stuff. Cool. This is fun. Okay, right. So let's let's get out of there. And now I think I need to see Warrenus, don't I? 
Warrenless. Warrenless is fun, though. I don't, I don't know if it says anything about it being uh, a school. Well, no, I don't have think... Have you seen I... any megaships, actually, Alan? That's another thing that... No, no, I've not. Um, You've it's, not seen um... any of them either. Oh, I've just... Oh, there we go. Landing gear. Rubbish. Um, so, no, I've not. It is something that, you know, that I, I, I should do. But um, I, I, to be honest, with Warrenus, one of the things about Warrenus, and, you know, you guys kind of know this. Um, I can't remember. I, I, I've probably told you a fair amount. Uh, with Warrenus, Warrenus is named after the the first generation of my family. Um, because Warrenus Telestrod was, um, was at the Battle of Hastings. And so he was the first Stroud, or rather, Destrod. Um, and so we decided to, you know, I decided when I got the opportunity to name something in-game, uh, Warrenus is named named after that, So, um, which is particularly interesting. Now, yeah, I, I'm kind of trying to sort of think through my plot. So essentially, there was, when I originally envisaged um, the Lave system, there was no Lave 2. Um, so you could kind of almost call Lave 2, um, you know, the, the location if you wanted to. And that, that in the end, I think that was why we looked at the, um, the permit restriction on Lave 2, um, because it was your know, Walden's secret base, as it were. Um, I'm still hoping that eventually one day Frontier will let me um, do some writing that, that actually explains what, um, what was going on on Lave 2 and what, what the permit lock's all about. Um, but um, I'm still thinking illegal cloning. Uh, you know, I couldn't possibly comment. That would <laughs> that would give everything away, wouldn't it? Too easily. But um, it is the one thing that you know that remains in game that kind of gives me hope that there's a chance of uh, of writing a new lave narrative. We um, all know it's just a colony that harvests some small furry animal for filtering brandy through, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's probably, a, you know, um, felines, right? <laughs> felines, yeah? I, yeah. I don't know if anyone, you know, realized that there are subtle things, you know, I mean, all of us, when we were doing the writing, there were subtle things in the writing where we were referencing um, the, the kind of stuff that was in the original, you know, descriptions. And we, we kind of all know now that essentially Ian Bell did the, did the data card descriptions for the planets. That's why they were quite so weird and wacky. Um, but the cute furry felines who were the original inhabitants of the planet, the amount of conversations we had about whether they could exist or whether they couldn't exist. And in the end, you know, it was kind of all, all sort of set that, um, that they couldn't and we had to do things a particular way and, you know, which was fine. I was never, I was never that, um, that precious about it you know i was never that worried about it um but there are some mentions of um of cats living on living on lave and uh i think they're lavian border cats and they were you know they were the the homage to the cute furry felines uh in terms of what we have right so we got a big rock this is fun a bit different to what i last saw how do i get into the air Oops, I, I just tried getting in the back door and found out there isn't a back door. <laughs> Same way you would normally, Alan. If you um, look in your contacts panel and ask Warren a station to dock, you should get um, some cool. idea of where the entrance is. Okay, yeah, yeah, that might help, might it? So if I ask them to dock, then I might actually find where it is. Okay, yeah. good plan. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Oh. Don't do that. Sorry, just finding my accelerator and my 
uh, my full stop. There we go. Right. Okay. So we're at full stop. Yeah. I don't go know ahead. if you can answer this or not, Alan, actually. Then, mm -hmm. but I'm assuming the reason why those things have been taken out of the game is due to legal legal issues, basically. Um, I don't know, really. I think it's more down to preference. Um, okay. I don't think it's down to legal issues. I think it's because the thing is, is that the two of them made the game together. And, I, you know, that that kind of is a thing. And it's mm. well known that, um, that Ian Bell um, still, um, I believe, well, at least it's known that, that Ian Bell still received some um, some stipend when uh, when they were working on Frontier, uh, but he did you know a lot less work on Frontier. And similarly, um, you know, there the were then rights were signed over, and obviously revenues had reduced, you know, um, for for the original Elite game um, over those periods. So yeah, I don't think there are specific um, uh, IP considerations on specific content. Because I don't think the game has ever got to litigation where that's been required. So if you think about um, Axanar and um, uh, Star Trek, because of the, the court case with that, uh, Paramount had to go into detail about what, what everything was. You know, what constitutes a Klingon. You know, and so on and so forth. So, so there, was a, you know, there was a need to actually lock that down. And I don't think that was ever... That's ever been the case with um, uh, with Elite Danger or with Elite. You know, it's never they've never had to lock down exactly who owns what. Um, it could be, you know, that that would be if you if you got into some kind of criminal, you know, some kind of court proceedings in terms of IP. It could be that that's what will what will happen. But you know, who knows? Okay, right. I've got docking permission. I've got nine and a half minutes. It says landing pad twenty seven. I have no clue where there's a landing pad on this. What am I uh, find, for? The, find the front door. Okay. Uh, I'm at the entrance end of the asteroid, if you can... Yeah, I can see you. So I'm just going to come around the side. So I'll just use my thrusters and go sideways. It's going to be the easiest way to do this. It's the one thing I, I, I rather liked the last time I was playing in, in you know, earnest, as it were, um, was that um, strafing using your thrusters. I really enjoyed strafing around things using your thrusters. Okay, so here we go. Oh, now there, there we go. Right, so suddenly, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't looking for that. <laughs> All I could see was a rock. <laughs> yeah, it is a bit of a potato until you find the front door. It's quite a nice little reveal, though, isn't it? You know, it's awesome. You... I really like this thing. Yeah. The fact that you go around the back and, you know, and it just looks like a a rock and then, you know, here you are. It kind of, given all the stuff with um, with AEDC, it, it kind of makes me think sort of slightly romantically. It might be quite nice to lose. You know, it would, um, if we if we lost control, if uh, Lave Radio Network lost control of the system, then... And then relocate to Warrenus. Yeah, then we'd, then we'd go all, all, all Transformers the movie, right? You know? 1986 and and the Autobots stuck on the moons, mm. um, not able to yes lost control of Cybertron blah 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 blah. I mean, it's very orange on the inside of Warrenus, isn't it? It's this is awesome. <gasps> Do you like? I had the, no idea they'd done this with it. In the history of all science fiction movies, when there's an invading alien force, they retreat to hide behind the moon. 
That kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let yeah. me just go and have a look behind here then. Yeah, never if there is anything. <laughs> they'll never suspect that. <laughs> I, I really do need to get used to the fact that the button for my cargo scoop is right next to the button for my landing gear. <laughs> yeah, you've got to be careful of that, haven't you? I've been doing that all night. <laughs> Out you, know, the, the cargo you know the ironic thing, Alan? I've actually mimicked that on my joystick as well. So the bus of my cargo scoop is still next to my, my landing gear. Oh, uh, bless you. Right, here we go. Now, this thing's got a queen bottom. No aliens are looking back here. Not even any Klingons. There we go. Yeah, I have not seen this at all. That was That was pretty incredible. That was really good to go round the corner of it as well. So it was nice to to turn up and and just see it as as just a rock and then yeah. to you know go around the back that was that was great i yeah. love for the inside it would have been so easy to just put the inside of a regular coriolis inside the holiday yep. asteroid stations yep. but they've done a really yeah. good job and like there are other stations like this and they all have varied interiors like the coriolises do yeah, i love um, this i think i think it's i think it's it's amazing so Good job, Frontier. I, 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 I heartily approve of Warren Estate. I suppose you noticed when you were in Lave that Lave, in the docking bay now, they've got a series of planters and things like that as well. Yeah, I did. I did because, see those. Yep. Yeah, obviously, Lave's an agricultural system. Yep, yep. I, I did see those. Um, yeah, you know, it is. Uh, wow. That was quite quite something. And it, it, was, it was interesting that. The first time, actually, I played the game. The first time I played the game, the the first thing I did is come from Shinra to Desert to, you know, to to the Lave system, um, and that was that was quite a journey in itself. Even though it was, you know, <laughs> what what had been procedurally generated at that point was so different to what we have now. Um, it was it was still, you know, pretty pretty awesome in terms of the way in which it. Uh, uh, you know, just that moment of landing in there was uh, was pretty incredible, and I have to say this was this is pretty incredible too. Um, it's great to to see this, um, and uh, apparently we're in economic boom now. Now is the time to take advantage of any trade opportunities. Ah, I need to be playing have, the game. They have been building this station for a few years now, so you know they've not done a lot of progress really. It's a big job. They've hollowed an entire asteroid out. What are you talking about? I know that, but they're still welding these docking bays and things, man. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, bear in mind, you know, Warrenus existed... Uh, no, I don't think it did. No, no, so they've they've done it since 3265, so, yeah, you know, they've they've obviously done a lot of work. Um, yeah. The one thing that's missing, though, and is, is a little bit of a shame, although, no, was that... that... Where's Castellan these days? Is Castellan still oh, close Castellan's to the... Like... Yeah, Castellan's Castellan's out by the um, by, by the lave two. Yeah, is it yeah. out by lave two? Right. Yeah. So yeah, no, I was going to say one of the you know, um, you know, if they've changed Warrenus like this, maybe we didn't have um, the 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 slingshot, but we still do because it was Castellan that has the slingshot, which is Castellan's so close to lave two that actually it's you to get between the two of them at at, um, at speed is actually quite hard. Um, I couldn't remember if it was difficult if you could do it in super cruise. I can't remember if you can. Um, but yeah, you know, just yeah. just uh, just me thinking. Cool. Oh, you can't, no, you can't land on the surface of Castellan. That's no true. No, you know. sad. 
But you can't land all the stuff as a lake too, so you know. But um, now I need to I need to reconfigure this so my my blinking mouse doesn't turn into a head look because at the moment it's it's set up to head look. So all I'm doing is every time I try and access a a panel on the on the board, I'm looking around the ship, um, which is is a bit weird. But anyway, we'll we'll get to that. Um, so yeah, cool. Okay, that was really good fun. Thanks, chaps. Um, that really, you know, brought me back to, to a lot of the things that I, I just haven't had a chance to see. And, um, it's lovely that, uh, you know, that I've, I've had the opportunity to, to see them tonight. It's really good. If you want a wee jaunt, if you head out to Beagle Point, it's quite an interesting perspective or a perspective of the universe. <laughs> yeah. Just a little one, Grant. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> With a twenty light year jump range. How's Alan ever multi-crewed? Actually, Alan. Actually, well, Alan slash Grant. Me? No, no, not yet, not oh. yet. Um, it'll we be something always... we'll have to do. Yeah. Well, I was going to yeah. say, if you're if you're still out near Bagel Point, you can always pull Alan into your ship. <laughs> have, you, have you blown up out there yet? Cal? No, I've got too much data. This is like total nerve wracking. I have to say a huge <laughs> thank you because it was at LaveCon or before LaveCon that uh, Royal Hanky uh, challenged me to get to Beagle Point. If I could get there before LaveCon, um, he would pay £25 to special effects. And um, although technically I, I am still before LaveCon, I did consider it a fail because I didn't get there <laughs> until last week. Um, but Hanky, in his generosity, um, still paid £25 to special effects this morning so a huge thank you to him for the challenge and also you know it made me come out here and learn a lot about engineering and mining uh, and <laughs> trying not to fly with your eyes shut which is not easy yeah no um it to be fair the explorer side of stuff actually was never something and i remember when it was first demoed at uh, at the first LaveCon and and sort of talked about and michael was talking about the fact that you know people would go out into the you know and eventually they wanted pretty much everyone to be out exploring and blah 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 it never grabbed me um i think it i think it would um but i think it required it was one of those longer range goals that required me to basically to tool up something that would be a ship that would be dedicated to exploring um and of course you know i don't think the cobra is the right ship for that um so yeah you know i mean it may be something that we'll uh, never uh know. i'll look into because they've got all the I... exploration <laughs> updates coming soon including firing planet probes to scan surfaces of the planets and... 20 20 20 light year jump range i don't think is hey hey I, one of my friends stripped out when he first bought the game. He stripped out, and you know, um, hello Howard, if you're listening, he he stripped out a Sidewinder, so it was a trade ship, and got it to 16 tons of cargo capacity. So he had nothing other than, <laughs> and he ran he ran trade missions to to get up, you know, from a Sidewinder, um, and and basically just ran away from everybody. And he did that for weeks and weeks, and because he he bought the game when the game, he, essentially there was the grind from Sidewinder to the next stage was you know was hard, and um, so he he basically did it as a 
you know, as a motorcycle courier, <laughs> which is a great idea. So, yeah, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I do like the idea of each ship having, you know, having something it can do, um, you know, and, and games don't have to, you know, to transact on, on the, the sort of big, big stuff level. I'm, I'm quite keen on being, uh, being a little guy. I quite like, uh, like doing that. But this is cool. This is great. I've, I've really enjoyed getting out to here. Um, you can make a surprisingly good exploration ship out of a hauler. I, I don't doubt it. I did think about doing that with a Type 6, and then I realized it was shit. Um, <laughs> well, before the advent of ship transfers, um, people used to use hauler taxis. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of discussion about whether ship transfers would be... Um, uh, you know, you could ambush them, people could steal them, you know, blah, 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 blah. I think they went for the right solution. I think it would have been too much hassle to do anything else. Too expensive. Well, too too much whinging would have been, everybody would have hated it. So I don't think there's any any point in, you know. But my immersion, man. Well, <laughs> you know. Well, you I see your immersion and I see your immersion and I count counter you with fuzzy logic um so yeah and salty tears fuzzy logic is is the new anti-immersion phrase mm-hmm. okay um right i think that's pretty much going to do us for tonight chaps isn't it is there anything else that we need to mention well we should mention um to anyone that's still listening and has has been following my um very bland and and newbie adventures this evening that um we do have the dates fixed for lavecon so um lavecon 2019 we have a long way to go and we are in in the middle of uh, of organizing our other event which is fantasycon um but once we're through october then we will start to you know to think about lavecon um it's it's set for the 4th to the 7th of july next year um and one of the things we do want to do is try to yeah, to bring together more of the the sort of community interests. So one of the things we we did talk about and we introduced this year was having a uh, a development forum, which essentially was a forum for um, people who are making APIs, people who are making other um, other sort of plugins um, for themselves that um, that kind of you know take data out of the game and make use of it and make the game more playable and um, and better in the way in which they see it. So, um, yeah, I, you know, um, that, that'll be one thing that we want to very much sort of encourage at LaveCon next year. And, you know, anything else that people feel are, you know, are things that the community of Elite Dangerous are interested in and want to, to discuss and explore and get together and, and, you know, and sort of meet minds and, um, uh, and become creative about in terms of what, uh, what they do. Uh, the, so, yeah. The live chat is rebelling because we haven't had a bathroom update yet. <laughs> uh, would that be my my bathroom or Grant's bathroom? Well, I think you're brambles, aren't you? And right. well, yeah. well, we did do the bathroom. To be fair, we've you know we have done the bathroom as well. Um, the brambles are growing back, which is worrying me every day. Um, which is you know is very concerning because we just haven't had time. I don't know if you guys remember, but about two weeks ago, Karen really twisted her knee, and you know it was it was quite a tough week and then my car blew up on the m1 um so yeah so it was quite a, quite a tough old time and um the brambles have been growing back steadily so i i do need before i go back to teaching i've got to spend a day out there and you know and and fight them before uh, we get into winter 
um, which is not good. But what about your your bathroom, Grant? Why did you put your brambles in your bathroom? <laughs> to, to, uh, uh, you know, you know. <laughs> well, it's just really just it's not going to clean ones, isn't it? That <laughs> not only have you managed to remove your bathroom and fit a new one in the time it's taken me, to still not got a bathroom. Um, dude, dude. You, you're probably wrong there, but go on. You you finish first, and then I'll explain about our bathroom. Okay, well, we have got the tiles down. We're currently removing the grout from between the tiles, uh, the, the adhesive, sorry, and we've got one tile that has been damaged um, that we didn't see when we laid them, so we're going to have to bring that one up. So that's coming up, and then it will be the sloping water, sloping floor, It'll go in next, and then it's tiles and the walls, and then it will okay. be beautifully done. Awesome. So, when did you start? Um, was it April like, October twenty thirteen? Wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so I started our bathroom, or we started our bathroom about twenty twelve. Oh, for goodness um, sake! <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So we basically we got a um, we got a huge double bath installed because the bathroom was originally when we bought the house 10 years ago um what Stu, my my lovely friend who comes to lavecon who you all know um what Stu had done who i bought the house from is he had knocked together a toilet and bathroom and he made one big room and then what he did is he put a tiny bath in the in the far corner and so you got this massive room and this tiny bath so we basically got a bath that um that's the size of a double bed you know it's huge absolutely huge we had that installed in 2012 um we then uh then my phd happened and then other stuff happened and we basically got the bathroom to a stage where it worked and then just left it so we had under underfloor heating laid down uh the tiles laid down uh we put some um some crap um boards on the side of the bath uh, and just just left it. We did. Karen did the tiling and did the wall tiling and, and the other stuff. But then we didn't paint and we didn't put the coving up. Um, so for the next four years, um, the wasps that are living in the attic, I, where I am now, um, during about this time of year, would die and fall through the gaps in the coving <laughs> into the bath. So every morning, you would be raining you know, wasps. Yeah, you would be having a bath or having a shower, whilst these sort of dying wasps would be falling out of the roof into, and they literally, you'd end up with hundreds, you know, on the windowsill in the corner. So anyway, so what we have done this, this, um, uh, this summer is we put the caving up. That's all done. Um, we painted a little bit and then Karen did more sanding and then we've done more painting and then Karen did more sanding and then we've done more painting and then Karen did more sanding because of course it used to have a wall in the middle. So of course she's been kind of trying to make it smooth and it's never going to be smooth, but you know, um, points for points for effort, right? So anyway, so um, so yeah, so we've um, we've been probably working on it longer than you, Grant, but um, uh, we're certainly working slower. I can tell you that. <laughs> that makes us sound speedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, you know, I, I would, I would take the win, man. I would take the win. Okay, so um, I don't think there's much else for us to talk through. Um, I know we have uh, Pete Wotherspoon coming up with uh, with Gownet News um, after after the show. Um, who have we got outside, folks? Who is who is um, deigned to follow us in terms of uh, uh, wandering around the lave system tonight? Well, um, 
Ivec PT on Twitch has just jumped into Warrener's with us. Um, who, else? who else is here? Um, I just got interdicted on my way back to live, so I'm currently battling uh, yeah. Tom Ryder. Uh, <laughs> who's fleeing by, from me? By, oh, it's by it's Yelvek. Sorry. By, by um, player or by NPC? Internet. Oh, no, it's an NPC. Oh, that's okay. That's fine. You know. um, who, who else did you say, Ben? So, it's Ilvek is the name that I murdered a couple of seconds ago. So ah, Colin, gotcha. Colin will be quite happy about that. <laughs> um, Bograt's been around. Cully's, Cully's been about. Uh, Mixum's been about. Ventura's been about. Boozhan's been around. Um, Danielle McMahon. Mac, Mac, uh, I'm assuming mm -hmm. they're an alliance person. Brick Packs, I know they're alliance. Rincewood Cymru's been about. Commander Bam's here. Um... Anyone else that I recognize? Mindwipe's obviously been about. Yeah, yeah. Um, PK7, Nibble is here. I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm just scanning through looking for people whose names I recognize. Um, anyone else actually here now? No, I think, I think that's it here now. Sure. And uh, who have we had on Twitch? Too oh, many to read. That's a oh, massive, good. massive list of. <laughs> Five people. No, it's not. There's loads. <laughs> I, I was, you know, it, it, yeah, the, the burden of Sisyphus. You would have to, to, to read all of them pushing the stone up the hill. Well, hello to everybody on Twitch. And sorry, it's been so long in terms of, of me not being around. But uh, hopefully you've uh, you've enjoyed this evening you know what? Uh, in terms of us flying about. Let's do something really against all standard rules. And let's just go in Twitch tonight. Joining us is... Protocon 7 and no one else. Stuff all the rest of you. <laughs> Just <laughs> Protocon, you're awesome. Uh, you, you could do, you know, Twitch member of the month is. <laughs> uh, send them I don't on. know if anybody remembers. Does anybody remember the tin of spam? No? Okay, no. so I did a meme for Foz many, many years ago uh, with the second tech being, uh, being um, elected uh, employee of the month. And... Um, uh, we we put it we put it out and there was a you know there's a nice graphic I've got it somewhere still and there was a list of faces on this on this employee of the month and I'd photoshopped Foz into this list of faces and people looked through them and went why in March was a tin of spam <laughs> the employee of the month <laughs> <laughs> oh dear those times okay uh, we do have people on Twitch who are sort of begging for a wee bit of a shout out okay well. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll indulge. Them. So, Frag's Rabbit is saying, "Stuff me, Dad." Apparently, uh, Commander Raz saying, "Hi, Alan, and welcome back." Uh, um, oh, Proto Protocon Seven, who Grant's just shouted out, Falco Turk, uh, Milston Barn. Oh no, don't storm out, Milston Barn. We love you, man. We love MSB, and MSB is giving some co hello. It's Colo hype. Did, did, um, did. Did, did did he flounce out? Was that was that a flounce? No, he, he, it was only a, it was only a pseudo flounce. Ah, okay, didn't swish his skirts. There you go. Nah, uh, Wotherspoon's been lurking. Mindwipe's been lurking. Uh... <laughs> Commander, whoever's here, oh, just jumped yeah. out. So, oh, Paul Archer. Oh, everyone's yeah, Kirov. So yeah, that that'll do. I'm getting bored now. <laughs> you ran out of words. Yeah. Well, no, I just got bored saying it. Uh, fair enough. Okay. I, I don't have a high threshold, really. Well, 
no, no, I think that's fair. So um, in terms of uh, the other bits and pieces that uh, that we have to go through, one of the things that, um, that was mentioned was um, the CQC Discord. Um, I'm just going to plug that quickly for anyone who's interested in CQC. Um, that is available for you. Um, we'll post a, a link to that if we don't have it. Um, we'll post a link to that probably in the show notes when uh, when we put the uh, the episode up on on the website in terms of what's there. Uh, but other than that, other than other than that, and and you know, I'm I'm spooling slightly so that Grant's got the um, uh, got the wink tip so oh, that he knows that I'm going to spool into that. the. It's all, <laughs> oh, okay. it's all much easier now. I've made it so easy. Is that okay. I barely have to be away for this. Well, hope, hopefully he realizes that this is what I'm going to do next. So, you know, let's motor in and see if he's ready. Okay, that's it for another episode of Live Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at laveradio.com. You can facebook.com laveradio, which actually lots of us reply to. And you can usually tell who's replying by how snotty they are. Um, ben is lovely, and I tend to be pretty, pretty snotty, really. Um, I try not to be, but, you know... I don't know what it is. Um, anyway, you can also contact us at Lave Radio on Twitter. You can join the Discord chat channel by going to discord.io slash Lave Radio. <laughs> or you can join our TeamSpeak server where commanders come to hang out and chat, which is teamspeak.laveradio.com. Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening. This is this Tuesday evening at 2030 uh, BST currently and streamed out on laveradio.com slash live. Thanks to guys, Ben, Sean, um, thank you so much, uh, Andy, Kurgle, thank you, and Grant uh, this evening. Um, and thank you to everyone who's joined us outside in game. We've, we've mentioned a few of you, and unfortunately we can't mention any more because Ben has uh, no care left. Um, and uh, until well, next nah, time... Run the music! <laughs> until next time, fly safe, please do, and if you can't, please fly dangerous. Thank you very much. See, see...
Galnet News Digest, 25th of September, 3304. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, Maul declares far gods mostly harmless. Stricken tech giants plea for help. Kincaid plan for alliance domination. Mischief managed. Mole declares far gods mostly harmless. Far god cultists are not betraying humanity to the Thargoids after all, according to undercover reporter Gethin Okonkwo. Okonkwo infiltrated the cult and has secretly lived among its adherents for three months to find out what the weirdos get up to in their hive chapels. Reporter Okonkwo says he saw no evidence of contact with Thargoids other than the ritualistic veneration of recovered Thargoid body parts delivered to the cult during the recent community goal. His assessment is that the Thargoid cult is fatalist, anticipating the coming apocalypse with equanimity in the clearly ludicrous belief that they may experience life after death following the post-apocalyptic advent of the deity they call the Thargoid. It is a strange and contradictory faith, says Okonkwo, but no weirder than any other religion. He says that he's experienced at first hand the verbal and physical abuse cult members have to endure, including an attack by zealots from Juanita Bishop's guardian-loving Church of Eternal Void. Okonkwo claims to have secretly recorded hundreds of hours of camera footage, supporting his claim that the Fargodians are nothing more than a bunch of harmless cultists. He intends to hand this footage over to the Federal Intelligence Agency, in order, he claims, to demonstrate that the Fargod cult is not dangerous to help end its persecution. He may, of course, simply be providing the authorities with the identities of more cult members, leading to more arrests and more persecution. Stricken tech giants plea for help. In a surprise turn of events, two tech startups have simultaneously appealed for assistance following self-inflicted setbacks ahead of the Rackham Ultratech Expo in early October. Supratech, manufacturer of the wearable holographic torque interface, suffered a major catastrophe on the 7th of September losing its development and manufacturing facility to fire. A week later, investors abandoned Herculean, the manufacturer of the DuraDrive rubber brick tablet. Despite these events, which have left both companies technically insolvent, they are bizarrely now willing to pay well over the market rate for a range of components for their respective systems. They also seem willing to accept that only the first company to achieve its requirement for manufacturing materials will go into production. It's almost as though events are being stage-managed. Kincaid plan for alliance domination. With the presidential race picking up pace, Incumbent Gibson Kincaid has announced plans for the alliance to challenge the Federation and Empire for supremacy in the bubble. By awarding himself powers in a major constitutional shake-up, Kincaid believes the alliance will be able to sidestep the bureaucracy that has hamstrung Prime Minister Mahan's attempts to govern. The other candidates seem to favour the existing governmental structure, with Fazia Silva, keen to boost the economy in proposals that have been widely welcomed, 
and Elijah Beck willing to let the Alliance bimble along in amiable mediocrity. If Kincaid is the Slytherin candidate and Silver is the Ravenclaw, Beck is the Hufflepuff. Gryffindor is not fielding a candidate. With the Pauls still neck and neck, and the citizens undecided, perhaps the best way to decide the election would be to ask independent spacefaring folk what they think. It's time to reach for the pollster's friend, the community goal. Mischief managed. Imperial sources have voiced their concern over Princess Ashling Duval who's been keeping a low profile since her wedding to Ambassador Jordan Rochester was called off at the last minute. Attending no official engagements and locking herself in her imperial bedroom for long periods, the People's Princess has been out even to the Emperor. Rumours persist that Wiggy Duval is living a second life as Princess Asbo the Pilot, in a manner similar to the now infamous Ron Corson of Metadrive Incorporated, who became a CQC champion as Commander Falchion. Asbo, who put the O in Ocasionem and is a trained fuel rat, recently claimed that an incident involving an empty fuel tank in a ship sporting a fuel rat's logo but no fuel scoop in uninhabited system LHS 2552 was due to a momentary lapse of attention due to a distracting message on the sub-ether communications channels about elephant footprints in the butter. However, forensic examination of the communication logs revealed that Princess Asbo was in fact distracting herself at the fateful moment with a tale about hurting her pinky from drinking too many genteel cups of Fujin tea with her little finger extended. The fuel rats, who now have a giant rat logo written across the face of the galaxy thanks to Commander Malibu, provide a free-of-charge service to all commanders. They will rescue anyone, be it a novice, a murderer, or an errant princess. And that's this week's Gallant News. Gallant News, we read the news so you don't have to.